Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is going on, gunfighters? Welcome to Gunfighter Life. The podcast where we talk about guns the right way with God at the center, Judeo-Christian values, and real-world first-hand experience. Today, I'd like to lay out the definitive guide on the 22 versus the shotgun for survival. These often come up, and I think rightfully so, as the top two choices for a go-to survival firearm. And I guess that really depends on what you mean by survival. The end of the world as we know it. The peanut butter and chocolate hitting the fan. If your thought of that is, you know, Russian paratroopers falling out of the sky like rain, or if you're imagining some kind of prepper fantasy novel in your head where because you have an AR-15 and a plate carrier and a backpack full of cool survival widgets that formerly anti-gun liberal survivors are going to be talking to you as their new chieftain warlord, you know, fanning you with palm fronds and hand-feeding you clusters of grapes where you don't have to worry about food. Food is brought to you. You are just the man because you have your battle rifle. Then maybe you think neither one of these is your go-to survival gun. You might gravitate towards the AR-15, the big bore battle rifles, your SCARs, your M1As. And I think there's a place, and I think every American man that wants to be well-trained and versed should own those kind of guns. But I think a more realistic survival scenario is one where putting food on the table is a number one priority. I'm going to put the bio into this one. I've been leaving it out of many recent ones, but I'm going to put it into this one so you get an idea for the background that God's blessed me to get through alive. But I've been to war a couple of times. I've been a private contractor, worked some of the nastiest streets in the country in LAPD. You can probably recall if I sat down and wanted to the number of violent gun encounters I have been in, however you want to word that. Even if you consider the world becoming a far more dangerous place, ten times more dangerous than that. It pales in comparison to how often you need to eat food to stay alive. So I think that food procurement should be our number one consideration when it comes to that one long gun. If we do have to bug out, if we do have to grab and go. Because guns are situationally dependent, right? Just just like a toolbox. A hammer is a fine tool, but if you need a level, that hammer is not very helpful. However, there are situations where one long gun is pretty much what you take. I will often do stints where I go out in the wilderness. Bible and a shotgun and a pack. Sawtooth Wilderness just did a stint in the Bitterroot Wilderness. Anyway, these two, the shotgun and the twenty-two, 
I think, reign supreme when it comes to that kind of scenario where you are leaving on foot and you're only going to be able to really have one long gun. And there's also this belief, I think, that you're going to grab your AR and hunt deer. And I would point out a few things on that as somebody that's killed many a deer, been a professional big game hunter and guide. You certainly can kill a deer with an AR-15. If you live east of the Mississippi, look at what happened to the deer population during the Great Depression. And the population of humans was far, far less than the population is now east of the Mississippi. And look how rare white-tailed deer were after the Depression for a long time. And if you're anticipating something worse than the Great Depression, what is your likelihood that you're going to be able to harvest deer? Also, again, an AR-15 is is okay for a deer. It certainly will take deer. I would never advise it as a go-to deer hunting rifle. However, even if we go to a go-to deer hunting rifle, a much more powerful than 223, 243, which is still pretty mild, or a 308, right? What if you don't see a deer that day? What if you see a couple of doves or a snipe or any number of more plentiful small game? Even if you can hit it with those things, is that high-velocity rifle cartridge really what you want for that job? So with that, I'm going to plug in the bio, and then we'll get into the 22 versus the shotgun bio first and foremost i am a christian that is number one in my life serving god following jesus combat veteran served in the united states marine corps and the army also law enforcement veteran private contractor state rifle and pistol champion professional big game hunter and guide if you feel called to support check out patreon There should be a link in the show notes. With that, I am your host, Michael Melito, and I am blessed to serve you today. Okay, with that, let's get into this. I'm going to start out with the 22. Why it's often touted as the best choice for a go-to survival long gun. And I should say for this, I'm talking about long guns unless I mention something different, right? We're not talking about a sawed-off shotgun pistol or a 22 handgun which may be a nice pairing but we're talking about primarily a full-size 22 rifle and a full-size shotgun the 22 is espoused and i think rightfully so as being a good choice for this because you can carry a lot of ammunition if you think about this i could grab my trusty 22 rifle and run into the hills to escape the parachuting Russians with a pair of Crocs and cargo pants and a thousand rounds of ammo. I could dump a 500 round brick in each cargo pocket and have a thousand rounds in a pair of pants. Now, I'm not advising you that that should be your bug out plan, right? You shouldn't run into the wilderness with a pair of Crocs and cargo pants. But you get the idea that illustrates the point. And there's really nothing else that you can do that with. Not to that extent. The 22, you can do that. And you can do it affordably, right? Two bricks of 22 ammo, even in inflation prices post-COVID, is not crazy expensive, right? It's 
it's attainable to most people. And the ability you can carry that much, if you take away the cargo pants and you actually have a pack, even something like a pretty mild gray man scholastic Jansport backpack, you can easily put a thousand rounds in there. And if you're judicious and not wasteful, and you're not expecting to get in three firefights a day, that's likely to last you the rest of your adult life. And again, there's really little else that can do that. For that reason, and that's a big reason, perhaps the biggest reason by far, that the 22 is espoused as one of the ultimate go-to survival guns. And I'd agree that it does that really well. Another big advantage is that the 22 is quiet. It's really quiet compared to the shotgun or an AR or a big center-fired rifle. It's quiet in just its regular standard ammunition, which is usually supersonic. You deduct that supersonic crack if you go to subsonic, and you can get quieter still in your shorts and your CB caps and the Calibri. If you're talking about being clandestine, being undetected, that could potentially be a big deal. Also, the 22 is a great small game putting meat on the table gun. Also great for pest control and your varmint type species. But really a great small game harvesting tool. It's one of the things it's primarily used for today outside of target plinking and shooting, going small game hunting. It's a great round for that. Going back to that dove or quail, I've been seeing a lot of quail in the area where I am now, North Fork of the Clearwater, up in the American Redoubt in northern Idaho. I've seen elk and deer and things like that. However, see quail a lot, and those size birds a lot. Pretty good food source. Much better off with either one of these options, but let's stick with the 22 for now, than an AR-15 or even bigger. Also, game that size, like shooting a couple of quail, has the advantages of I can cook it and eat it right there. It's warm as it is now in June. I shoot an elk and I am on foot with a pack in this scenario, like this is my one gun. What am I doing with the other 600 pounds of meat? I was out scouting last night up in the uh, near the uh, Clearwater National Forest and I saw a massive elk. Beautiful creature. But if I'd have shot him, if it was a survival scenario, right, if the laws no longer applied, after about two days, even in me knowing how to hang it up, maybe I could try and smoke some of it. But you get what I'm saying. What are you going to do unless you have a village to feed? That's a lot of meat. So small game is good in that, and it's also more plentiful. I've seen that one elk, and I've seen deer, but I see a lot more quail. And no matter where you are, you probably have a lot more opportunity for small game. And the 22 is good for that. The 22 is also absolutely a deadly round. Because although I think that your primary thing should be food procurement, you also may need it for defense, right? We need guns for defense now. Plenty of armed citizens, despite what you may hear on some shiny screened rectangle, you know, a lot more Americans, I think, use their handguns for defense lawfully today than is talked about. <clears throat> and if that goes up several fold during a peanut butter and chocolate hitting the fan scenario, you may have to press it into that role. 
Now the 22 would not be my first choice. Probably wouldn't be my third or fourth or fifth or tenth choice. But it is absolutely a deadly round. You can't argue that because plenty of people have been killed with the 22. So it's kind of a moot point to say it's not deadly. It absolutely is deadly. Now there's these all kinds of myths surrounding the 22. Some people believe that it is the most deadly round on the planet. And some people believe it is hardly more than a Dennis the Menace slingshot in effectiveness. The truth obviously is somewhere in the middle. It should not be under estimated as a deadly round and you should take it seriously as far as safety and everything else is concerned. If you choose a platform for this for your one gun, I would never recommend something with a very low rate of fire like a single shot. On one of the other benefits of the 22 is it's all well, the things being equal the most rapid fire of firearms that you can use effectively, meaning hits on target at a given distance as that distance is not beyond the parameters of the 22. But for instance, if I put up a index card, commonly in like tactical circles and stuff, the size of the what is considered the good hit area on a human head between the eyes and the bottom of the nose. And I put it up at different distances, common defensive distances, 7 yards, 3 yards, 15 yards. And I see how many, I take a shot time around, I see how many hits you can get on that target in let's say two seconds you're likely going to get more hits on target with the 22 than with a 223 or a 9 millimeter even PCC because it has less recoil and I don't care how good you control recoil if I reduce it you can get back on target quicker that's just how math works how physics works all of the things being equal all right so you get fast recovery time you get quick follow-up shots so you get that and it's also very easy to shoot it's very it's probably the most pleasant gun to shoot it's one of the reasons it's like king of the plinkers it's fun to just go out and shoot it's inexpensive it's fun and that doesn't make it not effective so if you have to use it for defense it's certainly capable for defense especially with fast follow-up shots multiple fast follow-up shots so something with a reasonable rate of fire also accuracy 22s can be made very accurate some of them are not, just like any other caliber, but you can make a 22 very accurate. Go look at small bore precision shooting or the Olympic sports. I wouldn't just assume that any 22 is accurate, but there are a lot of really good 22s on the market that are very accurate. So there's something in the plus category. Now, let's talk about some of the shortcomings of the 22. I started with the greatest asset being the ability to carry a lot of ammo, that high power to weight ratio. Let's start with what I consider the biggest drawback of it, and that is going to be unreliability. 22, by nature, as it's a rimfire, and they put the priming compound in the bottom of the case and spin it, and it has to get into all the corners of that rim and you don't know which part of the rim that the firing pin is going to strike so it has to pretty much get around all of it and if it misses a spot it doesn't detonate and you can get some much better quality 22 long rifle ammunition but even really good quality what i would consider kind of the standard for good quality common 22 long rifle ammunition like cci mini mags great round i would say that they are less reliable than a really good go-to centerfire counterpart like a CCI Spear, same company I believe, Gold Dot, 
Oh, and 9mm or 45 ACP, that's going to be much more reliable, like per thousand rounds, than a 22. And that's the big downfall, is it's less reliable. And they're not known for being really reliable in good times, when everything is clean and well kept, and hasn't gotten wet or salty, or who knows how old it is if we're talking a really hard time scenario. Right, so that reliability is only going to go down, and if it's not great to start with, that's an issue. And 22 can be used for defense, but it's not great in the first place. And if you get a malfunction in a scenario like that, that's pretty bad. Some malfunctions in 22s are pretty easy to clear, and some aren't, especially round fails to detonate sometimes. You've been shooting, it's not your first round. A lot of these rounds are coated in wax, which is great if the round actually fires and gets warm. It helps extract it. That's why it's there also helps with bullet lubrication and things but if it doesn't and it cools in the chamber it can be quite hard to get that case out and then you're stuck with a dead gun in your hand those 22 malfunctions especially because the ejection port on the receiver and things like that and the rounds themselves are so much smaller than a center fire round which is great for your power to weight ratio but can make it quite a bit harder to clear malfunctions because you can't get your fingers in there or rip the entire magazine out nearly as quickly as you might be able to with, say, an AR-15. So that lack of reliability, that's a big hit on the 22. That's probably its biggest shortcoming, in my opinion. Next would be defense, because although I think your primary thing that your gun should be used for is food procurement, because eating is pretty important, because again, to kind of put a bow on it, with my background, which you've heard, I can recall the number of violent gun encounters I have been in, and that's including going to war twice as a Marine Corps infantryman. I can't recall the number of animals that I have hunted and killed in my life. But it's far, far more. But this gun should be capable for defense, and the 22 is absolutely a deadly round. I would not call it a great stopping round. Look up a study done by Greg Elifritz. It's not, I will call, crazy ineffective. It's certainly a firearm. It's certainly capable. And it's certainly deadly, especially if you're talking about this kind of scenario with infection and all that other stuff. It certainly can be effective for a psychological stop. Somebody just, you produce a gun and they don't want to be in a gunfight, so they stop. That's fantastic. It's kind of a win for everybody. However, if somebody is determined to fight to the death, there's no doubt that the 22 is not a great stopping round. Even compared to other handgun rounds, but let alone compared to, we're talking about long guns, we're talking about long gun rounds. It's not great for that. That's another big hit on the 22. Also, we talked about deer hunting. Now, again, just as the 22 is a deadly round, and it certainly is deadly, can be deadly, and certainly many a poacher, many a person have likely put down deer with a 22 long rifle. It certainly can be done. If you are judicious about your shot placement, if you know deer anatomy very well, and you really limit your range so you can assure that good shot placement. 
And in a situation where, you know, my life or somebody else's life was on the line, not because it was a gunfight, but because they needed to eat. Because they had been in a caloric deficit for so long that I thought it was imperative that we eat. I would certainly attempt to take a deer with a twenty-two, But it's not great for that either. It's, it's not ideal for that. You really got to be careful with your shot placement. And poachers, poaching is one thing. It certainly, I think, has proved itself effective for that. But if you're talking about a survival scenario where you're walking through the woods or trying to get from one place to another, you get a jump shot on a deer. Right? That's not intuitive of a 22. In that, you're talking about stalking up close, which is something that I love to do, not shooting with a 22, but stalking up close to deer, but waiting for that really good shot in the back of the head or a really steep quartering away where you can thread it through the rib cage. Again, because you know deer anatomy. You just scare a deer up in front of you and it's bounding away. Probably not the time for the 22. 22 is probably not a great option for that. So is it a capable defensive round? It, it certainly is deadly. Is it capable of taking a deer? I'd say capable is probably the right word. Cap- it's capable. But it's not great at either one of those things. Therefore, those are some detriments of the 22. Now let's talk about the shotgun. I guess kind of going in reverse, but along the same lines, if that makes any sense. We talked about the main advantage of the 22 being the power to weight ratio. The main disadvantage of the shotgun power to weight ratio. A box of 25 rounds of shotgun is far, far bigger and heavier, both in size and weight, than a hundred rounds of twenty-two. In fact, a box of shotgun shells, I think, weighs less, but is about the same size as a five hundred round brick of twenty-two. So, it's pretty poor in that aspect. And that's the main, main detriment of the shotgun. It has got a poor power to weight ratio also some big ones that people really have an issue with is less capacity now again just like the 22 I want a reasonable rate of fire so I would not advise a single shot shotgun they're great tools and they're very utilitarian and they're very affordable and if you don't own a shotgun after listening to this you want a shotgun you want to get into that world Single shot shotguns are great, especially for hunting and learning kind of the art of the shotgun. There's a lot that goes into that. But for this, I'm going to want something with a reasonable rate of fire, a pump or a semi-auto. But even with that, limited capacity. With most, with the most common 22, the 1022, you're talking 10 rounds. For most common shotguns, just your run-of-the-mill Mossberg 500, Remington 870, you're talking 5 rounds. So right there, that's half. You can get much higher magazines for the Ruger 1022 and other platforms. You can get higher with the shotgun. I think my Mossberg 590 has nine. But again, that's pretty low and very low when you compare to like an AR-15 or a 20-round standard 308 kind of battle rifle. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So capacity is a main drawback. Let me address that in by saying talking about common hunting really not an issue in most places for a lot of game they make you limit it to three rounds hunters don't have a problem hunting with three rounds a quick follow-up shot in hunting can absolutely come in handy whether it be a center fire rifle or a shotgun or a 22 but if you didn't take care of it in five follow-up shots you the propensity for the next one to be useful goes down exponentially after the first one animal's probably trying to get away right and if it's not trying to get away then you're good but if it's trying to actively get away how many shots are you going to get on that animal there are exceptions some people i have taken many follow-up shots i took a young lady hunting when i was guiding and she shot at this deer many many times i think it hit it the first time so i continued to shoot at it but a lot of rounds were shot at least at that deer but in general, having a couple of follow-up shots in hunting is generally enough. For defense is where you really get the big disparity on the amount of ammunition. A lot of people, especially a lot of people that have only ever dealt with the black rifle and the AR-15 and they think 30 rounds is a standard, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Look at most common defensive shootings. What scenarios could you not solve with, say, five to nine rounds, depending on your style of shotgun? Could you not solve with five to nine rounds of buckshot or slugs? You might come up with one, right? Like the horde of Russian paratroopers falling out of the sky. That's Actually, they're moving targets, so the shotgun might be great for that. But you get my idea. Like, if you're talking about facing a massive army, it's not the role for either one of these. Capacity there makes a difference. But if you're talking about common defensive scenarios, look at the effectiveness of a shotgun. With double up buck, number four buck, which is my favorite, a slug. Unlike the twenty two, if you get a reasonable hit anywhere in the chest or torso area, even half the payload of a shotgun in common gauges 12 or 20 gauge right that's almost certainly going to be effective in one hit so capacity for me is less of a concern but it is a major drawback of the shotgun another one that is a drawback to the shotgun is they're quite a bit harder to reload not shot for shot faster in the shotgun than the 22 or even a go-to fighting rifle 
topping off that entire gun is much easier to do with a box-fed magazine. If I've just emptied the 10th round out of my Ruger 10-22 to put in a full fresh 10 round magazine, right? It's a lot faster assuming I have the magazine at the ready is to reload that entire 10 or nine rounds in that Mossberg 590. There's no doubt about that. There's a lot more, I would say, complexity involved in keeping that shotgun topped off as far as like shoot one, load one if you have the time, kind of the shotgun tactical reload, just keeping it topped off. Or the grabbing one out of the side saddle and loading it directly into the chamber. Now, those are the concerns for the shotgun. There may be others, but those are kind of the main ones. Let's talk about some of the main assets of the shotgun. And when I say shotgun, I am thinking of for this. There are other parameters, other things you could have. But I'm talking about a pump or a semi-auto 12 or 20 gauge. It's what primarily comes to mind. We'll talk about some other things. Let's talk about what I would consider the main asset for the shotgun. There is nothing as flexible as a shotgun. Nothing. There's nothing that I can go out and shoot those quail I mentioned earlier and not destroy them and also feel totally confident in its ability to stop an angry grizzly bear as I am pretty close to the northern Idaho-Montana border, right? There, that illustrates the flexibility and power, and that's often something many Alaskan guides take for bear defense, a 12-gauge with slugs, or probably more common if you leave east of the Mississippi River, the grizzly bear of your territory, the engine block, right? Slugs have a lot of power. So although the 22 wins handily, the power to weight ratio, the shotgun wins flexibility, hands down, with the ability to have the same long gun and hunt quail or dove or duck or geese. Not just possibly, like not just plausible, but like it's a go-to option for that. Ducks and geese and turkey. And going up into the medium-sized game, deer. It's a fantastic option. And in this kind of scenario, right, you're probably not sitting on a deer stand over a pile of corn. Because if you had corn, you'd probably be eating it. Probably, again, out in the woods moving around. And if you get that jump shot going back to that on a deer, and if you're a great spot and stalk hunter, a lot of times that deer is moving. That's a much, much better proposition. If you put me in that scenario at reasonable ranges, I'd much rather have that. 12 gauge or 20 gauge for that matter in my hand the 12 gauge will kill with the right ammunition anything on the planet it has the ability to not overkill pretty much anything you're going to eat on the planet and talking about the power there is no doubt round for round that the, the shotgun wins that even if you go down to the 20 gauge but 12 gauge 20 gauge with a full payload of buckshot they're about the most devastating, common, small arm you're going to have. I mean, you're probably not walking around common defensive scenario with a 50 BMG. Of all common things, the shotgun, the most devastating defensive tool. I've told this before, but it's probably germane to this topic. 
when I worked law enforcement, I worked some more specialized assignments. I did was blessed to be able to survive many, uh, let's say, challenging scenario. And at one point, I was also given access to a pretty legit armory. I had stuff going back to way back, literally, and I took these out just to shoot for fun, to be honest, but full auto Thompson submachine guns. We still had from back in the Prohibition days, like still had full auto Thompson submachine guns, M1 carbines, Mini 14s, full auto, M16, car 15s, any of that, submachine gun, but oftentimes, and it's not all the time, right? Mission specific. Sometimes I would take other things. Sometimes I would go for that car 15, cool rifle. But many times, if I were going in the front of a house, a building, wanted to stay alive breathing when I got to the other side to clear that house, I would grab the shotgun with buckshot or slugs. Because I didn't care what was cool on Instagram. Instagram didn't even exist then. I cared what was going to keep me breathing in that scenario. You're talking defensive scenarios against people at common distances. Yeah, inside 150 yards. That shotgun, that shotgun was what I thought with my training and experience gave me the best propensity to do that. I still think for the vast majority of defensive scenarios, a shotgun is an amazing weapon. And there's a quote, I, I may be misquoting it, but I remember it from the Count of Monte Cristo. Let neglect become our ally. There's all kinds of anti-gun rhetoric trying to ban these AR-15s and things like that. And a lot of these people, they just don't really understand guns. If they did, the shotgun is a far more deadly weapon round for round with the right load. There's, I don't think, any denying that. So even if I did live in a state where I, and I, I do, I'm in Idaho, about to, by God's grace, hopefully head to Alaska, where I could pretty much own any, any kind of gun like that, and I do own those kind of guns. It comes down to the one that I can only have one long gun shotgun is more devastating round for round I may be able to carry less ammo but I'm probably going to need less of them and again if that person is also trying to kill me I shoot him twice or three times with a 22 but he gets to me with whatever weapon he has and kills me the fact that he dies later is irrelevant to me I get a chance for one shot and that one shot is between a 22 long rifle and a 12 gauge that I get off before he gets to me coming at me with a 2x4, bringing it full bore at my head, right, that one shot, I'd much rather have a 12 gauge, or even a 20 gauge, but 12 gauge is generally my go-to. And again, I can scale it down. So that flexibility is a big deal. That power on the high end is a big deal. Also, the ability to shoot moving targets. If you are walking and jump some quail or a grouse or whatever, Again, if you put me in that similar hunting scenario, that's kind of one of the things shotguns do great, right? Is shooting things out of the air. You want an easy example of this? Go buy some clays. They're not expensive and they're fun to shoot anyway. Go throw some in the air and shoot them with your 22. You can do it. I can do it. It's a lot of fun. But then go do the same thing with your shotgun and see how much more effective it is to hit a moving target with a shotgun than a 22. Whether that's a quail flying through the air, a little protein ball with wings, or much bigger protein source running on legs, you know, a deer bounding away. 
again, that moving target is going to be much easier to hit with a shotgun. So the flexibility there. Also on the flexibility, before I move away from that, you also get the option for less lethal, which can be a big deal, right? You shouldn't want to kill somebody unless it's an absolute last resort. Even in a you know peanut butter and chocolate hit the fan scenario, there may be a time where you just want to dissuade somebody and not kill them. I would certainly retain the option for lethal force. If you are in a team, you could have the option where one guy is trained on that adversary with lethal force, and you could use less lethal if you needed to. If you thought it was an opportunity where you didn't have to actually kill somebody. And the shotgun's ability for less lethal, and also other things like signaling rounds and breaching rounds. Again, flexibility. Scenario where you need a master key. For anything nefarious, not for anything immoral, but like, let's say the city's on fire and you're trying to escape and you get to a locked door. Yeah, a breaching round is pretty handy. 22 is probably not going to do you well in that scenario. So again, flexibility. And to be fair, going back to the 22, you do get some flexibility with the 22. In that, you can shoot shorts, longs, long rifles, CB caps. All kind of variations of that 22 round. Now, if you're talking to semi-auto, it's probably not going to cycle. But if you wanted to take one really quiet shot, I guess that's an advantage of the 22. Even with regular loads, the 22 is going to be quieter than a shotgun. So if being clandestine and not being discovered or whatever is important, the 22 is definitely quieter. And you do get some flexibility there. Even if you have a semi-auto, you can load one round of 22 short. And again, it's not going to cycle the gun, but it's not going to break the gun either. So a quiet option. But again, nowhere near as flexible as the shotgun. Some other things on the shotgun. The mini shells, depending on your shotgun, something that gives a, a little bit more in the power to weight ratio, the mini shells. I mentioned that I like a number four buck. Their mini shells have 15 pellets of number four buck. Still call that completely adequate as a defensive round. In that same Mossberg 590, I can fit 13. That's no AR-15, but that's more than your standard 1022. And I know you can get higher capacity 22 mags, but that gives you a little bit more on the power to weight ratio. Not only are they lighter and smaller and you can fit more in the magazine tube, but they also save you in space. You can carry a lot more of those. And I really like those for the birdshot option because I'm carrying rounds to shoot again that quail to keep going back to that don't need a full payload high brass round to shoot a quail those mini shells have plenty of killing power for a quail and they weigh less so if i can carry more of those if i can carry let's say twice as many of those as the full you know high brass loads i'm still going to want a couple of those right for geese or for turkey or things like that but if i can take much of my small game with those mini shells I don't want to say game changer, but it certainly certainly helps in the power to weight ratio. Also, I said that I was mostly talking about 12 and 20 gauge. There's also the 410. The 410 is a fantastic gauge. It was the first actual firearm that I ever owned, given to me by my uncle. A 410 bolt action that I was blessed to be able to hand down to my nephew. I hunted all over with that thing. And east of the Mississippi, where you don't have, you know, bear defense, you know, I know some places it may not be legal, but 
a 410 slug is absolutely deadly, especially a 410 Bernecki slug on deer. And if deer is the biggest thing in your area and or black bear, a 410 Bernecki slug is certainly adequate for that. And a much better option as far as round for round killing power than a 22. And the 410s are quite a bit smaller still. Also with the advent of the Taurus Judge, which I'm not advocating you have in this scenario, but it did give us a kind of revival in 410 defensive loads. There's 410 Buckshot, there's the 410 Disc Rounds, so you get some decent defensive options. If you, again, live east of the Mississippi and you don't need a big bear defense round or, or many of the other things, that 410 might be a really good option. It's not as light round for round as 22, but it's a lot more flexible. You still get your array of birdshot, buckshot, slugs. And I think it's often left out of the discussion, and I don't think that it should be. It's an absolutely good round. If you're talking triple alt buck, which is bigger than double alt buck, if your gun fires three inch shells, you're talking about five pellets of a triple alt buck. That's no 12 gauge, but it's no slouch either. It's certainly not a 22. It's one of those pellets, if I remember correctly, a, a triple odd is 36 caliber. You get five of them with every pull of the trigger. So again, that 410 I don't think should be left out of the discussion. Not only is the ammo going to be lighter and smaller, the gun itself usually are quite a bit small and light. The Mossberg makes a pretty light handy little 410 pump action. And there's many others, just that one came to mind, but super light, super handy. And the 20 gauge is somewhere in the middle. It's quite a bit bigger than 410, but it's it's still smaller, especially, you know, size of boxes of ammo than the 12 gauge. Also, something that the 22, I know technically you can reload 22, but if you're talking about the amount of infrastructure and stuff it takes, it's even harder to reload for than regular centerfire rifle, which I think in this kind of scenario, post you having some kind of town-sized infrastructure you're probably not doing. The shotgun is very forgiving in reloading. You can even reload it with black powder. And you can make your own black powder. I'm not going to tell you how to do this on this podcast. That might be running afoul of the ATF or something. However, you certainly can make your own black powder. Pioneers did it on long hunts and things. I remember hearing about them doing such things. There's three components to black powder. Neither one is particularly hard to get or make you can make your own black powder and since 12 gauge and i'm sure the other gauges you could do this too but they came in in the black powder era those shells were designed initially with black powder you can absolutely reload them with black powder also make your own priming compound which is not complicated which i'm not going to talk about here but it certainly can be done it's possible but i wouldn't even go that route i would just buy 209 shotgun primers if you talk about size and weight of ammo you can carry a lot of shotgun primers. Also, the shotgun is very flexible in the powder. If you're talking about just buying powder, smokeless powder that you can use. Something like Pyrodex. The vast majority of popular pistol powders, you can probably find loads for the shotgun. 700X, 800X, Red Dot, Blue Dot, Bullseye. Long shot, right? I'm just naming ones that come to mind. It's not like something like maybe like a 338 rum where you need a very narrow, precise type of powder, right? The shotgun 
most common pistol powders you can use. And a pound of pistol powder weighs a pound, plus the weight of the container, which is not very heavy. You can reload a lot of shotgun with a pound of pistol powder. And unlike the 22, where you need a precise you know, projectile, you don't with the shotgun. It's one of the beauties of the shotgun. If you had to, you could make all kinds of things to fire out of the shotgun. You could fire one big lead ball of the bore diameter. You could also fire rocks if you had to. A decent sized little pea gravel. It wouldn't be nearly as effective as buckshot, but it certainly would be more effective than no ammo if ammo got really, really scarce. The ability to reload with common things, like not the infrastructure needed to reload, let's say a 308 or especially a 22. Literally with a primer and black powder and parts of an old t-shirt for a wad and carefully rehand crimping after you put whatever projectile you wanted in there. Ball bearings, cut up nails, you know, whatever, whatever you needed to do to put food on the table. Do that with the shotgun. Also, I believe one of the strengths of the shotgun is its, I guess, ruggedness, for lack of a better term. It is very forgiving of neglect. It's much more the AK of this discussion versus the AR of the 22, as far as forgivingness of neglect. I'm not advising you do this, but you could likely get an old, an old, I specify that for quality reasons, Remington 870 Wingmaster or Police Magnum, or any Mossberg 500, 590, 835 pump shotgun, and literally never clean it or lube it for the rest of your life and be pretty confident it's going to go off when you pull the trigger. It's perhaps the most rugged gun like that, even more so than the AK, just by nature of it being manually operated a pump. Apply quite a bit of torque on that pump if you have to. I don't advise you do that, but even maintenance, even just bare bones maintenance on a shotgun is going to be very forgiving. If you can find an old abandoned vehicle and take the dipstick out and get an old rag, some old greaser oil on it, and literally take the dipstick and shove it through the barrel of your shotgun to give it a quick clean and lube, that dipstick, dip it in there again, get a couple of drops of oil and put it on the action bars, maybe inside the bolt, you got a lot less very tiny moving parts than you do on, say, a common semi-auto 22. Even if you talk about a semi-auto shotgun to be more apples to apples, a good inertia-driven system, which I prefer, is really clean running and very forgiving of neglect and very forgiving of harsh environments. You're talking about freezing icy snow, you know, freezing rain blowing sideways into your gun. You know, shotguns are kind of designed for that, for waterfowl and that really nasty kind of hunting salt water, freezing rain, mud. You're talking about those kind of austere environments. The shotgun outshines the 22 in those kind of scenarios. Or if you extrapolate that out into less extreme but more prolonged hard times. I think the shotgun is going to run longer with the same or less maintenance than a 22 will. And easy to clean. You got a piece of 550 cord, you got a clean rag, some kind of lubricant, motor oil, vegetable oil, some kind of thing like that, just a piece of 550 cord and a rag, you can pretty much take care of your shotgun. 
And I think that's a big advantage if we're talking this kind of scenario. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. So, I guess, in summation, in conclusion of this episode, the peanut butter and chocolate has hit the fan. You're grabbing your inch bag. Your I'm never coming home bag, man. Which one of these do you choose? Well, if you've listened for any length of time, there's no question which one of these I choose, generally. And that's the shotgun. That should be no surprise if you've listened for any length of time, but it's not always the right choice. I'll give you a quick example. I recently went out into the Bitterroot Wilderness with the wife. Now, the wife's love language, quality time, quality conversation. She likes to talk a lot. She can hunt. We do hunt together. But this was an enjoyable weekend out in the Bitterroot Wilderness. Getting rained on and cold and just having a great time. At least what I would consider a great time. Did find uh, some hot springs that supposedly Lewis and Clark stopped at on their passage through and went to those. She probably considered that more of a good time. The whole point of that is mission parameters, right? We, instead of living off the land, actually brought in food into the woods with us. I think they call that glamping when you bring city food into the woods. So we didn't need every day to get our own food by hunting, fishing, foraging. Yes, we were going out there to reconnoiter in the Bitterroot Wilderness and kind of see what it was like and maybe find some good hunting spots, stuff like that. But primarily, we were there to spend quality time together, to cover ground, to go hiking, If something happened and we got stuck in the Bitterroot Wilderness, I wanted a food procurement tool. For that, I took a 22. I took my Ruger Takedown 22. That went on the trip. Because it's lighter, I can carry quite a bit of ammo, and we were trying to cover ground, right, and go hiking and spend time together in the wilderness. And I could carry... I didn't need a 1,000 rounds of ammo. But a little lightweight Takedown 22 and 100 rounds of ammo... If things got bad and we did get stuck out there in a storm or one of us twisted our ankle or who knows what, right? Then that gives us a lot of flexibility as far as putting food on the table. And obviously, you know, in that kind of country, I was carrying a sidearm as per the norm. But And I've killed many of, I've done much handgun hunting, but I do it for the challenge. If I'm trying to put food on the table, you know, my Sig Sauer 226 or my, you know, M17, that's not... Going back to the tool analogy, that's not a good tool for the job. So mission parameters. You know, if you are new to shooting and new to guns and getting into the survival thing, I'm probably going to tell you to go with the 22 at first. 
itself to get into the world of shooting in for fun and just getting into guns and learning to be a rifleman and just going out and having fun shooting because the one of these choices that you train with is better than the better choice theoretically that you don't train with and i think you're more likely to get out and shoot and have fun and train with a 22 they're more fun to shoot shotguns can be quite fun to shoot but i think that would go down to the 22 if you just want the easiest plug and play option you want a decent survival option where you don't have to spend a lot of money and you just want to go out and buy your stainless steel ruger 10 22 and again a thousand rounds of ammo get some more to train with but keep that thousand rounds in reserve which again even in today's inflation prices is not crazy expensive and not that 12 gauge is crazy expensive but a thousand rounds of 12 gauge is going to cost you a lot more than a thousand rounds of 22. if you wanted a good you have to grab your bag and go and you're new to all this i would probably come down on the side of the 22. i don't know how to put this i guess not every man is a warrior or at least not every man realizes the potential to be a warrior or even a hunter if you have a designated bug out plan like things get really bad cars gasoline gridlock whatever you have to get out on foot and your plan is to walk to you know a relative's farm and you're a great farmer great gardener and you just want something minimal that'll you absolutely have to use it for defense don't even know if you would defend the life of another but you're pretty sure if you got back into a corner you could defend yourself you're probably never going to go out and actively hunt but if you were starving to death probably would then i'd probably just go with the 22 it's going to be lighter it's going to be handier i'd say if you want the most flexible tool and the most effective for defense and you're willing to carry a little bit more weight come down on the side of the shotgun so don't think because I generally will choose a shotgun that you should choose a shotgun. You may decide something else. You may decide for whatever reason you only want a handgun. Because you live in a giant urban jungle. You being seen with a long gun may make you more of a target. So a handgun is what you're going to be able to have to get out of the city. There's really nothing you would consider there food to hunt. You just want a handgun to get out and you have a designated place with, you know, a retreat that you can go to again there are other things but i think in general these two rise as the cream of the crop for your go-to one long gun for survival now to give credit where credit is do one of my favorite podcast episodes of all time jack spirico the survival podcast he did an episode way back in 2010 on the shotgun versus the 22 so i wanted to give him credit there it was done in 2010 i looked it up the other day listening to him for a long time a lot of his stuff now is more Bitcoin, permaculture, political stuff, which if you're into that, great, for sure. Go check out Survival Podcast. This episode, I don't think any longer shows up in his feed on the podcast, but you could look it up on the internet with a search engine and probably find it. You can still listen to it because I did it the other day. There are some other things that have come out since 2010, and many of you may not even be aware that that episode exists. But to give credit where it's due, it's a good episode. But I don't think I have to tell you that things are a little bit different than they were in 2010. Hey there, tribe. If you enjoyed this episode, if this is your first one, feel free to just listen for free. Maybe share with a friend, like, subscribe so you get updated. If this is not your first rodeo here at Gumfighter Life, or Alpha Male Podcast, or Simple Man Sermons, 
I consider this primarily a ministry, to make godly men strong and strong men godly. If you want to support, please consider becoming a patron. There should be a Patreon link in the show notes. Patrons get a lot of cool insider content. I plan on putting this out early for them, commercial free. Get a lot of insider only content, including like my go-to loadout for the survival shotgun and things like that. Many other things. Insider Patreon chat where we talk about all kinds of things. Iron sharpening iron, a tribe of like-minded men helping each other. Anyway, if you want to be a part of that, again, consider becoming a patron. Should be a Patreon link in the show notes. For the fraction of the cost of a box of 12-gauge shells or a sleeve of CCI mini-mags, you can become a patron. Anyway, enough of that. Tactical tip of the day. I'm going to give you one for both of these platforms. The shotgun. If you're talking about an all-around shotgun, I wouldn't go with the specialized like Benelli M4. I owned one quickly got rid of it because I realized it wasn't going to be my one go-to shotgun for both. If it's going to be a do-it-all shotgun, I recommend sights, like rifle sights. Not a rifled barrel, but rifle sights or similar. If you're going with a vent rib, at least get a vent rib with several beads on it. Two beads, three beads. If you get a good vent rib with a good bead in your barrel is regulated correctly, you'd be surprised at how accurately you can shoot, you know, foster slugs. Don't want just a smooth tube barrel with a bead on it, which you commonly see in a lot of what I would call defensive shotguns. It's not what I want for this. That would be my last option. Just shooting about, talking about shooting aerial targets, yeah, just a smooth tube and a bead on top, one bead, is okay. If you're talking more precise shooting, at least a vent rib with a couple of beads, I prefer rifle sights. And yes, you can still shoot moving targets, aerial targets with rifled sights, even ghost ring sights. Don't worry so much about precise alignment. Use the front sight like a bead. That's my preferred sighting apparatus if I'm talking about a go-to do-it-all shotgun. Now, if we talk about the 22, talked about shooting the 22 shorts. Probably the go-to for many people for this, for a survival 22, is going to be the Ruger 10 22 for good reason, right? Dominates that market. And I think it should. It's very good. It's a very good platform. For this, I would not recommend your classic, you know, hunting three to nine scope. That's great for hunting squirrels. But if you're talking about something you may have to shoot quickly and for defense, I would much prefer an LPVO or just a regular iron sights that are on it. If you learn to shoot with those and they also make several different versions of Williams and a tech site of a peep site, which is what I have on my go-to survival 22. I really like just really good ghost ring aperture iron sights, low tech, rugged. Anyway, that's not the tip for this one. If you want to shoot those 22 shorts that we talked about in a 10, 22, again, not going to cycle one right after the other, almost certainly load one by hand in the chamber, which you can do just pull the bolt back, insert the round, and let the bolt go home. Then load up your magazine with one round of 22 short. Then you have one and then a quick follow-up shot. When you shoot that first shot, scrub the action like you would declare a malfunction, like run it back and forth a few times. That empty casing should come out of there. Then you can insert the new magazine and run the action with that one round. 
it to experiment with where you put it on the feed lips because it's going to be a shorter cartridge to get it to feed properly. But you can shoot one or two rounds very, very quietly. There's many scenarios, non-nefarious, where this could come in quite handy. Let's say you and your buddy are out surviving and you're hunting a certain area. You think there's deer or elk in the area, like you're spotting, stalking, still hunting, and you're pretty sure there's some around, but you see a grouse for sure. And you want to take that grouse quietly. And you don't want to scare all the other game away. One round of 22 short, it's a pretty good option for that. Anyway, there's some tactical tips there. Your tactical verse of the day. From the Gospel of Luke. Let he who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one. If you're listening to this, I assume you own firearms. But if you do not, either one of these would be a fantastic choice for a first firearm, a 22 or a shotgun. I wouldn't fault you either side of the fence you came down on on this episode. But either one of these would be a good sword to have in a drastically different world, even in the world that we live in today. But if the world gets drastically different, either one of these would be a good good option to have. With that, thanks for listening and have a blessed day. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.